Hello, everyone. What a Tuesday we're going to have today because it's the glory of the Lord exposed and revealed through his saints of God, you and I. We are a reflection, a carrier, a container of the glory of God. So this is where we sing that little Sunday school song, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Well, that light is not a candle. It's a blowtorch <laughs> of glory and light and revelation and the good things of God and grace and forgiveness. Just, just think of this. Just think of this for a moment on this early morning Tuesday broadcast that you have the ability to forgive sins. <laughs> That'll get you digging in the scriptures, won't it? Or it should, because we need to know that we can cover sins and we can, you know, forgive sins. All right. Some of these, <laughs> some of these statements I make, I use on purpose to stir you up to see if these things be true. Scripture says that we can cover our brother's sins and we can forgive. If we do, God will forgive and release also. So that's not my subject today, but it certainly came to my spirit again today as I was meditating upon the grace of God and the power of his forgiveness. So today I want to talk about the old account was settled long ago. As most of you know, oh, by the way, <laughs> have I said I'm George Watkins. Thank you for stopping by. And if you're new, welcome to our morning journey that we do every morning except Saturday and Sunday. And then Sunday night, we are on at six o'clock. So join us and we thank you for your comments, your encouragement, your prayers, your, pray your prayers, and your support on all those levels. Amen. We are coming up on five years, and we're at uh, number 1,274 videos. That's a lot of good revelation that God's been dropping into our lives. Well, as some of you know, I hear the Lord through often one of the ways that he's, you know, brought me along. Song titles and song messages. We're raised on worship. We are, we cut our teeth on hymns and choruses and um, songs that we sing. The scriptures tell us that we need to sing spiritual odes or odes in the Amplified. Now, what is a spiritual ode? It's, it's in, involved in worship, by the way. Songs hymns, and spiritual odes, the scripture says. A spiritual ode is a made up out of the heart, out of the spirit of man or woman, out of the heart, out of the imagination that God gives a song. We sing it unto the Lord. And he gives us a tune. He gives us a, rim, a, a, you know, a rhyme, a harmony, and a, you know, a melody, rather. And we sing words that that just come out of our spirit. That's a spiritual ode. So you can do that in the private. 
we've done it often in our public services when we pastored because the form of worship that God gave us in the early days had room for that, where out of a congregation, someone would sing out a song and often the congregation would pick up the music, the piano and the organ would, would gather the, the rhythmic um, uh, tune that would come out of it. And, and after a little bit, the congregation would begin to repeat it and it became a worship time for that service. We've often repeated it. Sometimes it was written down. Sometimes it was recorded. And it became a word of the Lord to us as a prophecy would. In our smaller congregations where we're able to have tongues interpretation or prophecy from the congregation, that was the interaction. The congregation had an ability to speak out in those times of meditation, worship, and spiritual, you know, when the <laughs> when the cloud settles and we begin to hear, congregation begins to hear. Paul said, when you come together, let, let's all get involved. Now, if you're in a large congregation, like many churches have developed into today, they have a system where if you have a word from the Lord or prophecy or something, you come to a delegated um, and, you know, someone that could give permission in, in the church that I'm familiar with, they have prophets that have been anointed for that and recognized for that, I should say. And you would go to them and say, look, the Lord's given me a word. And they would, they would know you. They would, if you're a stranger, they would like to know who you are, I suppose. So there's just different forms of it. But back to this spiritual ode singing out of our heart. So God speaks to me in song, song titles. And today, out of the past recesses of my, my mind and heart came this song. The old account was settled long ago. Now, I had to look it up. I could sing it. I could sing most of it when it came. I, uh, the tune was there, obviously. But out of that, God spoke to me about redemption and grace. Now, listen to, listen to some of the, uh, I've got them written in the notes below. If you take time to read that, I, I, I wrote them out. But listen to the, uh, to the theology that our early Pentecostal world sang about. And so singing is a way to transfer and to impress and to teach theology. In the uh, Middle Age churches, early churches on through the Middle Ages, the great hymns of those days were, were solid theology, verse by verse. Now, the courses we sing have, uh, have a, a repetitive four or five lines, and it's, not, it's, it's good. I mean, you know, there's some good stuff, but it's not like the old hymns that had a concentrated theological trail. Now, this is, this is from this song uh, written, uh, well, we don't care when it's written, some time ago. There was a time on earth when in the book of heaven an old account was standing for sins yet not sins yet unforgiven. My name was at the top and many sins below. I went unto the keeper and settled long ago. Now, now listen to the 
to what I call in this teaching, the micro view of redemption. And this was, this was how we begin to view redemption was on the very personal experience with Jesus Christ. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe in that and that's essential. So don't run off the dock on me there, you know, into the deep. <laughs> Here's the second verse. The old account was large and growing every day for I was always sinning and never tried to pay. But when I looked ahead, and saw such pain and woe, I said that I would settle and settle long ago. Now, it's a wonderful song. It's got some good theology in it, but let's, let's see what it was teaching us as young Pentecostal saints. It was teaching us here that uh, we had an account of sins that were held against us because we were, quote unquote, sinners, and they were unforgiven. Our name was at the top. Now, the second verse goes on to say, the old account was large and growing every day. Now, what this tells me is that the things that I do count as sins against me, the bad things. Now, in my background, the pool hall, the public swimming, the movie theater, and smoking and drinking were all uh, tickets to hell. I'm not, that's, that sounds serious, and that's what it was. Now, the real serious, I mean, it's kind of in degrees. That was, you know, the beginning. And the real serious, of course, would be murder and adultery and all that. Lying would even get you to go to hell. So all those are things that were counted against us. All right. <laughs> Don't run away on me now. He says here, the old account was large and growing every day. So we lived in this constant awareness of sin. Sin was taught, preached, remembered, sung about more than righteousness in many of our early Pentecostal churches. I wasn't raised Baptist. I wasn't raised Methodist. I wasn't a Presbyterian or a Catholic. I was a Pentecostal. So I'm speaking out of my early learning and beginnings. Give me that room, will you? Thank you. Okay. Now, when at the judgment, let's see, let's back up here for I always could not find a thing. Then, uh, but when I looked ahead and saw such pain and woe, most of us got saved because we didn't want to go to hell. Hell was preached, fire and brimstone, burning forever, you know, going to hell, with the devil that was preached really with a greater degree of uh, investigation, at least in the description of it and the teaching of it than what heaven and righteousness and forgiveness was. All right. Now, what did that do to us? It caused us to be, be focused on the fact of pain and woe, not the fact that well, I have a covenant. I have a, I have a redemption with Christ Jesus and have been made a son and a joint heir with him. That I had been crucified with Christ. He loved me and he came to die for my sins. And I was crucified, raised from the dead, ascended with him to the Father. <laughs> you see, 
this type of singing tied me to a repetitive redemption process like the old Israelites did. Every year they had to have their sins forgiven. You know, every year the sacrifice came around. Then they took in the turtle dove and the ox and the goat and so forth. We went to church. I got saved, quote unquote, hundreds of times. I'd go and I'd repent again. I'm coming back again. I wasn't, you know, I was a son last Sunday. I was a joiner last Sunday. But because I sin now, I'm an outcast. I'm going to hell. Now I come back and at the altar or in my seat as I'm praying, I'm a son again. You see the dizzy yo-yo effect of that? Why there's so many backsliders in some of our churches. They get tired of the ups ins and outs, the ups and downs. I'm sounding more like a Baptist every day, you know. <laughs> Super glue, folks. Salvation is not that weak. It's not that flimsy. When at the judgment bar I stand before my king, and he the book will open, he cannot find a thing. I believe that. I'm looking forward to that. That's all Bible. That's good stuff. But that's the that's the small view. That's the micro view. Let's look at the macro view just for a moment. Can we do that? And we'll take take just I just want you to meditate upon this is not. This isn't, this isn't, you know, this is not the last word on this. You need to hear the Holy Ghost talk to you about some of these things. Look at this in the uh, Romans 5. Let's pick it up in, uh, in 18. The conclusion is clear. It took just one offense to condemn mankind. Okay. It's, it's really taught us. It, it, everybody is taught this, that Adam brought sin to the whole world. So we all are sinners. The whole world is a sinner, and you need to have Jesus. Okay, good. We got that. But what about this one? What about the next line in this verse? One act of righteousness declares the same mankind innocent. Oh, so if the whole world was declared sinners, then the whole world is declared innocent. All right. The Phillips translation reads, this is in the Mirror Bible, by the way. We see then that as one act of sin exposed the whole race of men to condemnation, so one act of perfect righteousness presents all men freely acquitted in the sight of God. This doesn't take away from the fact that Jesus said, if you believe on me, you will have everlasting life. I'm not, that is so important. But I want you to understand that the world has been forgiven they just don't know it. And your message, your wonderful privilege is to tell them they're free. Come on out of prison. Your penalty has been paid. Your debt has been paid. You have no judgment against you. Come home. That's the prodigal son's message. Come home. Dad's waiting for you. Isn't that something? Well, I just wanted you to meditate upon this. It's an important subject to talk about. Well, bless you today on this Tuesday morning. We will see you in the morning. Don't forget, we have a website down below you can tune up to. We've got a, a podcast that's doing some wonderful things around the world. 
and we have um, we have a rumble broad uh, broadcast that gets into some other venues and we're on instagram there's some good activity over there so share it pass it on let somebody know about it and thank you for your prayers and your support in all the ways that you do amen until tomorrow may the lord bless you and keep you my prayer for you will always be god's best <laughs>